bit where it says meeting is now streaming live on YouTube. I always see this and it says it's streaming live on YouTube. And then um, it opens up another screen and I hear myself, but we're clearly live. So welcome to No Choftes Euro 2020 plus one review. I mean, still, I've got Steve Air, Rodri Giggs, and Double D's back. You, you looking even more roadmanish, as if last week you you looked like a roadman. This week you've oh and oh and uh, Caesar, sorry, 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 D, you've been upstaged by the dog. Upstaged by the dog. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, D? You right? I'm alright. I'm alright. Hot off that uh, that podcast you did this morning. On the D&D Footy Factory, 10 o'clock on Top Jeez, FM. Jeez, look at this product integration. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> I, caught, I caught some of it this morning and you guys were really were getting a bit pugnacious with each other, man. Uh, yeah, you... because anytime I'm, I say something about England, apparently I don't want England to win, but whatever. Well, I, I think you guys are pretty fair and you call things down the middle. I, I, I appreciate Dar- Darren's... Um, uh, inputs. I didn't hear Sam. Was Sam on today? No, Sam. Sam was on today. Sam was on a hiatus. It's okay. Sam was resting his voice box for for other things, I guess. <laughs> Operatic singing. There you go, Steve. You good, mate? Yeah, you still? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. No complaints. No complaints. I was watching the England game, and then I saw that text from you that being forwarded with regards to the Carl Walker and Jaden Sancho, which is absolutely brilliant. But we'll go into that in a bit, I guess. <laughs> By all means. Rod, how you doing? Yeah, all good. You? Yeah, all good, man. Just, just renaming my thing again. For fuck's sake. Gone. Done. No, Sweet. Gonna... Yeah, you all right, though? Yeah, man. All good. All good. I think it changed my name to something different one day. No chapters, killer! <laughs> oh, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> you know what my grandmother would say right now? which means you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually easier to say you should be ashamed of yourself. There's too many. Anyway, let's start with the England game, man. They absolutely destroyed Ukraine 4-0. Steve, great start for England, as you'd hope. Um, Early goal within the first five minutes, fourth-minute goal. Uh, Controlled large percentage of the game. Ukraine had a couple of half chances before halftime. I was thinking if the the longer this game stays at 0-0 the more nervous England might get. But lo and behold, they get a free kick, second half. Luke Shaw puts in a beautiful ball. Harry Maguire, 2-0. Effectively, it's game over. Kane then makes it three. Henderson, four. Complete performance, right? I think so, still, yeah. Uh, lots of boxes ticked. Um, I think most people, not not everybody, were prepared to suggest that we were going to win three or four nil. But deep down, I actually think almost everybody I spoke to thought we would win three or four nil. Um, you had to be brave just to say it outwardly. So I think it ran to course. I think it was what we expected. I don't think we expected much from the opposition. I, w- I wasn't even personally expecting too much in terms of spirit. I felt they'd run the race. I felt they'd had the tournament. And we keep you know, changing personnel ever so slightly with a couple of players in and out. We've changed formation back to you know, what we started with. And we've got a hell of a lot of talent in the, in the group and in the squad who are all staying fit. Um, obviously there's, there's a good spirit and we were just waiting for Harry Kane to get his first goal to get some more and that's what's happened too so I think obviously credit for everybody in the whole squad in, in, which obviously includes the staff the supporters watching the team not getting carried away but I think I'd like to finish on the fact that we've not conceded a goal in the tournament yet is clearly uh, makes us a standout team for that alone Fantastic and Rod Jaden Sancho finally got a start he, Sterling Mason Mount um, we noticed early on that there was a lot of width in England's play. Shaw getting down the left-hand side, Carl Walker getting forward. It seemed that Southgate obviously did his homework, knowing full well that Ukraine, while they played with like a 3-4-1-2, they're always going to try and get the ball out wide and doubling up on men, especially the, the wing-backs, worked, didn't it? Yeah, it did. You know, it, you know I think it did, did help England that, Ukraine had very difficult match, played 120 minutes. And I just think they were just they just looked leggy from the start. And if England got a good start, which they did, it was going to be an easy day for them, and it turned out that case. So 
Yeah, you can see Southgate, even though they were, they were two, three nil up, him and Holland deep in discussion. What do we do next? Come on, whose legs do we save? So you can see they're right on top of it, and the team look really, really together. You know, Luke Shaw's going off, they're all hugging him and shaking his hand. You can see the real you know, unity, and you need that to win these competitions. And England never really had that. They had it, to be fair, he got it in the 2018. It looked like it was getting it then. And he's just gone from strength to strength and they do look like they're getting stronger and stronger. And, you know, unfortunately, it looks like they've won the final. <laughs> Bloody hell. Well, Dan, <laughs> Dan Rogers made a really good point there. They are getting stronger and stronger. They started pretty slow against Croatia. Uh, the Scotland game was a bit meh. Um, but yeah, another win for this time. Another clean sheet. But Denmark is next. Now, this is a completely different proposition to what they're used to. In fact, it's probably their most difficult game thus far. Um, as we saw them today, they beat Czech Republic 2-1. It wasn't a convincing performance, but the Danes have got it in them to step up again, don't they? Definitely, they've got it in themselves to um, step up again. They're, they're playing with no fear. They, um, I thought, as I said in the last one, that I thought they'd struggle without Ericsson, but they're, they're just doing the job. Casper um, Dolberg looks, inserting him has been um, a brilliant move, and it's going to be tough for England. I think England obviously can beat them, but I, I think the clean sheet record will go. Uh, against Denmark, but obviously England have got enough to beat them. But uh, Denmark did really well against Czech Republic. I thought they started really well, and as it went on, Czech Republic got came back into the game. But that's bound to happen in a game that you go two 0 up in that initial right on it. You're not going to be able to keep them up. But um, they did well. But England, as, as you said already, got it. Southgate got it spot on. Um, uh, tactically, Mount did well coming in, Sancho did well. There was a few iffy moments in the first half. So as you've alluded to, they really needed that second goal because um, <laughs> Carl Walker was playing at a stage like he was trying to help Ukraine score. <laughs> With um, um, that pass back that, um, that didn't have enough weight on it and just his positioning. And um, Ukraine passing the ball well, but you just knew they think they got the second, they could have got three or four, and that's what they did. Steve, onto this this game between England and Denmark. Uh, I think only Croatia, only Croatia, the only team that England have played that haven't had three at the back, if I'm not mistaken. I think Germany had three at the back. I think Scotland had three at the back. Today, uh, Ukraine started with three at the back, and also. No, tell like Czech Republic had four at the back. So it's Czech Republic in Croatia. Czech Republic had four. Yeah. So there you go. And England struggled against the Czechs. England struggled against Croatia. It's going to be a difficult game. Denmark, um, another, you know, they've got their tails up at the moment, especially with what's been going on with Christian Eriksen. We speak about every time uh, Denmark care victory, the Christian Eriksen factor. But I think the whole incident with Eriksen hasn't just galvanised them, but it's given that extra bravery. Do you know what I'm saying? That extra mental strength. Do you think that's going yeah. to play a big factor? Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I don't, Stel. Um, I think, obviously, the, the team talk that the manager and the, the, the team meetings can be different to everybody else in the tournament. Everybody else in the tournament can have the same team talk, apart from Denmark, because what have they been through, what they witnessed and what they nearly suffered with. So nobody else can have that, thankfully, of course. Um, because it was such such a, a concern, but I think if you counterbalance it or counterattack against it, if you like, yes, they've got that spirit and they've got that togetherness at what they've been through, but they've then got to step out at Wembley Stadium at a double crowd against a team who scored four in the last game, um, who've managed to get squad minutes into um, fifteen players. Um, and are looking like possible favourites for the tournament. So whatever spirit Denmark can have through their trauma, I think football outweighs it in England's favour still. So uh, whilst I respect what Denmark have got and whatever they have, they must use. I think if you start, you know, putting things alongside England's column, home advantage, massive crowd, 
team in form, centre forward in form, all of a sudden uh, not conceded a goal um, and 17 players who've played in the tournament to now playing well. I think it trumps anything that Denmark have got. The thing is, what I will ask you guys, and you know, obviously we live in the UK, we see what happens on the television, on social media. And while England fans have got every right to be excited, do you guys think that the media are kind of getting a bit too excited? I've seen Shearer saying certain things, Ferdinand, Lineker, granted he at the moment, you're excited, but is there, is there too much going on at the moment? Is, it, is that level of pressure going to hit the players? I, I think um, they're just dismissing uh, the Italian Italy because they yesterday looked a real real outfit. And yes, you know, I don't agree with you with Denmark's going to be England's hardest. You know they're not, not a better team than Germany, but you know, nowhere near. So and especially, and especially they're at Wembley, they're at home. The the crowd will be packed so it's properly it's, it's a home game for England and they're in good form so yes they've got Denmark have, have got all the things that Stez has just mentioned but it's just it's just not enough I think England are far too superior than Denmark and if they don't beat Denmark then it's an embarrassment to be honest but yeah but Italy is a proper game or, or Spain if Spain you know, I'm dismissing Spain Spain could easily you know Win on penalties, draw it out. But Italy look a real team. So, you know, the press have always done that. They've always done it. It's, it's all, always done it. And with the, the the teams that they've got to play, you know, not not gimmies, but, you know, if England perform, they've seen it, they'll, they'll blow these teams away quite easily and I expect the same with Denmark. Well, D, what do you reckon? You know, we, you know, you use social media as much as I do. I'm sure you've seen all of the tweets. It's coming home. Do you think the players see this and they think, right, you know, we've really got to deliver. Otherwise, when we come back or when the, the, the tournament is over, they're really going to have it in for us. Yeah. You, as Rodri said, it happens every single tournament, doesn't it? But um, this one in particular... From even before they played Germany, they were you, know, you watch certain you watch the news, you see certain sports outlet, everyone was already placing England in the final. Just take it around at a time because we did this at the World Cup as well. After it seemed like they threw the game against uh, Belgium to make sure they went through the easier route to get to the final, and they didn't even get to the final, but um. Yeah, it always happens. It's partially to be expected because obviously you live here. So what else are the media going to sell to you? But also when you're watching some of these other games in this European Championships, they talk about the game for about two minutes and then it's an England interview. Again, it's this, it's that. And it's like you could actually, you're missing the opportunity to actually educate people here that might not know a, lot, a certain amount about certain players or countries or whatever. And then we can do the England thing afterwards. Like, don't do, do interviews and whatnot and then cut back and then say say what the teams are when the game starts. But it is what it is. But um, they'll never have a better chance, England. And I said that before the tournament even started because there was no standout country for me, though my pick was Italy. So, yeah, England will have a better chance and they're improving as they go along. Um, they were str struggling to score goals, though they were winning. That four would do them the world of confidence. Kane now could make a late burst for the golden boot. It could all be falling into place at the right time for them. Still, let's not get thing things twisted as well. You know, if things go terribly wrong, Sterling could e easily turn in from the, the darling in the tournament to yeah. easily. And then all the, the emojis and all the other negative stuff that you see on social media yeah. will come to them England players. So don't think they've actually thought about that yet. Why would you? They're, you know, they're in a confident mood, positive mood. And why would you be thinking of them negative stuff? You know, they're, they're, they're confident they could win it. And they, they have got a big, big chance to win it because, you know, look at the squad. If you think about it, Jack Grealish and, and Phil Foden didn't even get on the pitch today. And so, you know. Rashford, Rashford hasn't even had a kick, has he? Rashford, yeah, well, you know, maybe he needs to work harder off the ball than, than strutting about and shoulders and the way he goes about. 
because you don't see that from Sterling, you don't see that from Sancho, you don't see for, from other players that have played. So maybe need to cut that out of his game because I see that a lot from Rashford. So yeah, he's, you know, players like him have got to question yourself. Why am I not playing? You know, I've got the time, but why am I not playing? I've just laid out the reasons why he don't play because he don't work hard off the ball. Uh, so yeah, they've just you know, it could easily switch though. Mate, it can easily switch. We've seen it before. You know, they miss a penalty, someone misses a penalty, and it's all their fault. Or we've seen it so many times, but they've got a massive, massive chance. Yeah, and before we move on, Steve, uh, Luke Shaw, what performance again? Second game in a row, been outstanding. Yeah, you you know you you could forgive a, a fullback for just you know looking after his winger winger sometimes at this level. <laughs> Because you'd think that a right winger from everyone's opposition at this level would be top class. But the fact that he is doing both sides of the job, um, it does help when somebody gets on the end of your crosses, but he's serving superbly into the box. And uh, Kane, like I say, he's getting in between centre-half, Stoded Sterling to get the, 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 the last touch on the cross. And he's making him, uh, his stock is rising because A, he's in the position, then he's delivering for the, the right ball for the lads and the lads are putting the ball away. So uh, he's in a really, really good place at the moment, sure. It's, uh, he's in a real sweet spot at the moment. He's doing both sides of the job superbly. He didn't have a great start to the game too. He was giving it away a lot and then you know, yeah. half, he was brilliant. Funny, funny Rod, I totally agree. That ball that he plays on the floor where he has got a bit of time on it. He tries to get it into Mason Mount's feet, got cut out three times. And you're thinking, is that pass on? Can he not play it? Um, is it a risk pass? But if it is a risk pass, if he is that type of player, he's got that type of mentality, then you've got to forgive him that because if he gets 20 yards further up the pitch and crosses it from the side of the penalty area into the box, if he's going to be judged on that alone, he's been excellent. But I agree with you, he... Um, those safer passes, should we say, he was almost putting us at risk because he wasn't uh, finding a, uh, the right team, uh, the right teammate at the right time, and actually setting them on the on the attack. Thankfully for us, Ukraine didn't have any pace or endeavour to do anything with the passes that he gave away. There we go. Right, we spoke about Denmark briefly, but D, uh, good performance, I guess. First half against the Czechs, they held on. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it sets it up really nicely, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it was vital they got the first goal the way um, the game went. So, though they had some tough moments at 2-1, Suchek throwing himself about, Czech Republic were getting corner after corner after corner, but they they, it, they, they got through. They did what they needed to do in the end. But yeah, it was so important to get the first goal in this game because I find that both teams, I find that um, both teams quite similar, um, to be honest. So, um, but Denmark, they're pulling through heart, determination, they're showing everything at the moment. We'll see. Don't think it'll be enough to get them past England, but you never know if they can get the game to extra time somehow. You never know what could happen. Rod, Denmark have gone like with a 3-4-1-2 system. It's almost like a 3-4-3, but they live gaping holes in between the central midfielders and the front men. That's effectively where Rice and uh, Phillips will be occupying. So, are they, do you think they're going to switch things up? Um, well, they're going to have to do something because you know not, no one's getting a change out of Phillips and Rice at the minute. With Phillips a machine and Rice, you know, sixty minutes, so he's got a good he's got a good rest. So it, 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 they've got to do something because. Uh, it's going to be difficult for them, like I say, because England. But to be fair, Denmark have, have started off slowly, obviously, with, with what happened with them was understandable. But them too, like England, have slowly, surely got into the tournament and got better and better. So, you know, it's not going to be a pushover, but if England perform, it, it should be a comfortable win, to be honest. Fair enough. Well, joining us, Gooney from Man Knows Football. Welcome back, young man. What's going on, everyone? Hope everyone's doing good. Yeah, I am so absolutely buzzing after the 4-0 victory. <laughs> we just saw, man. Shall, shall we rewind back to the uh, the last show you were on when you said that Germany will beat England? <laughs> True, but did I not say it? Nice? Did I not say it? Was it that show where I said that um, the Netherlands were going to go out, though? 
Pass. I can't remember. All I remember is that we're talking about England, and I said hey, maybe listen, England listen. Win. you can't rule out the Germans. It, he says it comes, it comes, it, it swings around about, man. I'm even now. <laughs> I got the England one wrong, but I got the Netherlands one right, so I'm back at even. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Well, listen, it wasn't as bad as Rodri's um, Mbappe decision, but we'll get <laughs> I'm going to get it in every show. <laughs> Oh, bloody hell. So, Guni, what, what did you make of... Which game shall we talk about now? Let's do this all about Spain. Spain winning on penalties against... Oh, crack, who did they beat on penalties? I forget now. Switzerland. Switzerland, there you go. Thank you very much, Switzerland. Switzerland without Granite Shaka. Went a goal down after seven, eight minutes. The guy that replaced Shaka scored an own goal, even though... Yeah, you know, it's a bit of an iffy one. But Switzerland came back got a draw but then the penalty shootout jesus you know we saw the, the premier sh- penalty shootout and the europa league final everything went in the back of the net this one was the opposite wasn't it <laughs> you know what it is this it's like how are you getting this final competition to go on penalties to miss that many penalties it's just unacceptable listen right if you miss if, if you miss one or two all right it's unfortunate and especially considering how they performed against them um, the last penalty shootout they had was was on point you know, um, it was against France, wasn't it? Yeah, so, that's right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they were on point. So I don't really know where the difference was because seemingly, listen, I understand it's they're in a more advanced stage in the competition, granted. But given the opposition that you've just beat, world champions, European champions, and you managed to do it against them, surely you should be able to hold your bottle when to put them away against, you know, it, 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 I, I just don't. I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. To be honest, I think um, drained physically and emotionally. Pressure? Yeah, yeah, pressure physically and emotionally drained after what they went through with France because they wouldn't have been expected to beat them. They got through extra time pens and to do it back to back. I think they were just, and the travelling. I think they were just shot. <laughs> uh, bro, but brother, real talk though, it's penalties, my guy. A pro player, my guy, and you stand. Listen. It's not like you're asked, you're being asked to run another 15, 30 minutes around the field. Listen, I know I sound ignorant here. Some of you might be thinking, what's this man on? But to me, it's like, listen, you're a pro player. You're paid a certain wage every single weekend to put the ball in the back of the net when you're taking a penalty. You should be scoring. You shouldn't have that record. I'm sorry. Well, how many did they score? Was it one, one out of four? Or something ridiculous like that? Have you ever took a penalty? Have you ever took a penalty before in front of like fifty people or ten? Yeah, yeah, no, I have. I have more than that actually. I've never missed a penalty in my life, but it's not the same. But this is the thing: <laughs> it's never the same as the pressure that I will never understand the pressure that these people are on. That's why I say it does come from a place of ignorance slightly. It does come from a place of ignorance, but just to understand, like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> For me, I'll never get it. It's just not me. I can't. Maybe I can't. you've never played 120 minutes, uh, draining like D says. Then you play another 120 minutes and you drain. Then you maybe you've never done that. And then it's not honestly, as easy as you think. And you've got a professional yeah. keeper who's a decent keeper. He's good owl antics on the. You know, all these things go into it. So the penalties were piss, piss poor. So the ones against France, you think, what's going on here? What's what's going on? So you, you know, they don't just lose the quality overnight. This this is mental. It's not the quality. It's yeah, yeah. As you said, exactly mental. And obviously running around after Spain with ten men because if it wasn't for summer, that game would have been done in extra time easily. He Stop, was yeah. scared on. Yeah, he yeah. was scared on like a savage. I mean, the, the, the tabloids missed out on one. They could have had cruel summer as their, their headline. They missed it. They, they missed one there. They missed a the team yeah, there. But, you know, but yeah, they would have been they would have been done. So I didn't expect them to win on penalties. And Spain set them up nice because their fourth and fifth penalty takers were Gerard Moreno and Ayazabal, and they're the penalty takers for their club. So once Switzerland yeah. missed at the start, they were done. They were never they were they were never winning the shootout. Well, Spain hit the post first. Busquets hit the post. Rodri has had his penalty save. So it's not as if Switzerland didn't have the opportunities to, to yeah, turn it did, around. Busquets' penalty was horrible. Mm. He stopped, sent the keeper, and then hit the post. I'm like, what the? What are you doing? It was awful. This is what I mean by looking at the penalties on against France, and then looking at them. Some of them were like. They haven't even made the mind up. They're waiting for the keeper to move. And it's like, yeah, what? Yeah. It's just pick a spot and hit it. 
but it seems like they've gotten through their head and they weren't thinking straight. This is what I mean about this, you know, running about for 50, 60 minutes with 10 men after yeah. what they've just done. So they, I just think they were mentally and physically drained and not thinking straight because the penalties were crap. <laughs> and don't forget, Switzerland, like, they're probably thinking, we have to do this again. <laughs> you know, we yeah, have to do this again. Well, <laughs> that's a really key point you've made there because... I was just thinking, trying to be in that spot there. And if, you know, God was on your side and you were fortunate enough to play for your country in that position and you were playing for your team and it went to penalties, God, you know, I was never fortunate enough to be, you know, that level, of course. But I'd fancy it in that very first penalty shootout because nobody, unless I was a, like a regular penalty taker from a club, presuming those lads were up for the penalty, but they might not necessarily be penalty takers. Yeah. Nobody knows where I'm going to take that penalty. Nobody other than me. But at the same time, um, I'm really comfortable with that. But there's no way I'm putting it anywhere different than my favourite place. Mm. Now, you don't expect to have a second penalty shootout four days later. And then when you do <laughs> and you're called upon to do it again, I want to put it in my favourite place, but 10 billion people have seen it all across the world. Yeah, 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 and I'm not yeah. too comfortable putting it in a different part of the place because I'm not a penalty taker anyway. And, I don't normally put on that side, but where I put them normally, they just seen me do that last week and score. So there must have been all sorts of demons as well as, you know, you try and find confidence 100% and you must be hard to fill your tank up full of confidence when you're in your second penalty shootout in four days and you might not be a regular penalty taker. But Steve, hang on, sorry. I don't mean to interject, but Steve, can I ask you a question? Because obviously you've, you've managed. Um, what would you be saying to your players at the end of that penalty shootout? Honestly. Yeah, I, I've been in I've been in that situation, uh, obviously at a much lower level, but in League One at Rochdale in the, and in the cups that you go and we won, we won the, the competition. It changes its name every year, obviously, but the one that you end up at Wembley, you know, it's a big prize, and we won through one round on a penalty shootout, and we lost the next round on on a penalty shootout again. So um, it's very very difficult. Other than you know, I, I, I look back on it though and recognise there was a bit of you know, noise and giddiness around the second one that I didn't really possibly control. But I was that confident of the first one because we'd won it. I think you've just got to say to the lads, lads, well done. You've had a really good performance now. But, you know, you've, you've practised these in your spare time in training. We've got three lads who take penalties throughout your careers. You know what you're doing. You have our confidence. Just go up there. Don't change your mind. I think it's old-fashioned values, lads. And uh, I don't think you can be anything new. Um, that anybody could tell somebody that's taken a penalty because at the end of the day, it's you in that moment. You've got about a minute to get from, as it is these days, the centre circle to place it on the spot to put that into the back of the net, ideally away from the goalkeeper. So I don't think you can actually coach or manage or advise someone to do it. You've got to basically, you know, I remember Paul Merson tells the story that Glenn Hoddle, he said he was absolutely shitting himself, didn't know whether he was going to score. And Glenn Hoddle put his hand on his on Paul Merson's England badge and said, you will score. And he said, I just knew I was going to score. So you, you've, it's about knowing your characters. But I think largely, and again, Rodri, I'm sure will tell you, you've basically just got to leave the players alone and just leave them and just hope for the best. There's no way you can get into, there's no way a manager or a member of staff can get into a footballer's head as he's about to take a penalty in a penalty shootout. You've just got to trust the mentality of the player that's entrusted with the job. Adding to that as well, I thought Unai Simon did really well in goal for Spain because he was constantly moving about on the line. He reminded me of Grobelar against Roma in, in that he was constantly moving on the yeah, line. Yeah, we said the same on the WhatsApp group. Yeah, and then he shifted over on one of the penalty. I think it was Vargas's one, the youngster Vargas, and he shifted over, and then Vargas looked like he wanted to put it down the middle, and then because he moved, he shot it over, and yeah. it, it was and it was like, and then he was crying afterwards. I felt so sorry for him, but yeah. that's what, make them uncomfortable because they could yeah, stop yeah. in their run up. So because well, you've got to step off the line, move about on your line as much as possible, and just <laughs> everything just discombobulated. Well, that's just, what goalkeepers supposed to do. Having watched, having watched David De Gea in the yeah. final against Villarreal not do it, I'd forgotten what that was like to actually have it. So <laughs> it, it was nice to see a Spanish goalkeeper looking a little bit energetic on his line yeah. and trying to put the opposition we, 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 off. Yeah. Gunny, you look at this Spanish team and it's kind of unrecognisable in comparison to the ones that we've seen over the years. Um, but Luis Enrique, he's, I, I think he's done a fantastic job. You know, they don't have massive names that you've seen, yeah. in the, as I said, you've seen in the past. 
Um, he's got a very, very good squad. Uh, they they do what they what they're asked. It's like they're like Ron Seal. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it, says on the tin. <laughs> yeah. it, it is every, every player to a man. They they do their job. They, you know the the right backs. You know I was saying to the lads the other day. I'd hate to be a right back in that team because the amount of running that they do. <laughs> I mean, I've seen fullbacks do a lot of running, especially you know the the, the new wing backs like your Trents yeah. and your Wambisakans or whatnot, Robertson, whoever. But the Spanish wingbacks under Enrique, Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> they must have like a spare battery pack or something somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, I think with, with the Spain team, it's I'm I'm very much impressed. I'm with you on this one because I never thought for a second they'd get this far into the tournament. Um, because <laughs> it's like you said, no, but honestly, because if you look at if you look at like the previous generation just gone, you're talking about a midfield of Xavi, Iniesta, Sergio Busquets. That is night and day to what anything Spain may ever see again, because that's a generational midfield. It's one of the best we've ever seen in football. So it's not even a disrespect to them. But in terms of the way that they've been drilled and the cohesion within the team, it's it's brilliant. And it's the kind of cohesion that you need to be playing um, in a tournament like this to get this kind of success. I mean, to a different kind of scale, Italy, in my opinion, in terms of individual quality, are slightly better than Spain, but they have something similar themselves. They look like a fantastically drilled team. And I think that Spain are kind of, they're not too far off it. They're one of the teams left in the tournament that look like the best drilled team that have been throughout the tournament consistently look like the best, one of the best drilled teams. So I'll say that about Spain. Very yeah, good points, because obviously similar things happen with both teams. They've both been freshened up by their coaches with younger players. What it is, though, that Italy obviously have got better centre-halves than Spain have got. Like, you can see, whenever you watch Spain, you look like you can score against them. Italy, a bit more harder, though, obviously, against Belgium. Lukaku might have got on the score sheet, but both coaches freshened it up. Italy freshened it up, but kept Benucci and Chiellini, two of the best centre-halves in world football, whereas Spain, Laporte's only just come into their setup, so they're figuring it out. He plays Pau Torres sometimes, takes him out, They'll improve, I think, in the future because this Spain team is quite young. Spain are going to be really, really good. They could even still do something here, though I think Italy will get past them. But it's going to be interesting. As you said, they're just like the cohesion. Everyone seems to be on the same page. Fullbacks just bombing on. Italy as well, their fullbacks bomb on. It's a shame Spinozola got injured against Belgium because for me, yeah. he's been the player of the tournament. He's yeah. just so, obviously, he's right-footed, going down the left, cutting in, just causing havoc and covered all defensively as well. So both teams are good to watch from. I think special mention has to go out to the wingers, Sarabia and Ferran Torres. Um, Steve was speaking about it the other day. In fact, Rod, you know this as well as, as most when it comes to wingers, man. Like, they, they've got a job and the traditional wingers have we seen over the years like your Ken Chelskis, a head down, try and beat a man. But these Spanish wingers, I couldn't believe how how wide they were. They were literally on the touchline. You thought they were warming up. I've, I've never seen anything like it before in my life. You know, I used to play Pro Evolution soccer back in the day with my cousin. He had Kili Gonzalez at Argentina. He moved him right up to the flank. He always played a ball diagonal ball. So, man, what the fuck is going by? It's like Enrique has seen my cousin play and he put his wingers. What the fuck was going on there? I'm not complaining. I think it was, it was interesting. Oh, yeah, it, it gives, there's a lot of space for, for the team and stuff, but, you know, You've got to feel sorry for Morata. I think we touched on it. You've got to feel sorry for Morata. And I think Dixon touched on it as well. When the ball's going in the box, there's no one in there. There's, there's, there's one or two people in there. So I don't agree. You know, Spain have played Sweden, Poland, Slovakia. You know, it's still steamrolling. Spain are not the Spanish side of old. And Italy will beat them comfortably. Yeah, well, do you know, I, I, I would agree, although I think Enrique might change something in the middle of the park because... Um, it doesn't oh, matter who the change was... made, they've got to score goals and they won't be able to get no change off Benucci and Kalina, no change whatsoever. <laughs> so what, what, where are they going to drag Fernando Torres from? Where are they going to drag Araujo from? They need to drag someone like that because Morata's getting nothing off them too. Lads, where's the game at? No, no change, uh, no trust us. That Wembley, is it? 
Is it at Wembley? Yeah, yeah. I'm, sure it is. I'm sure I'm sure both semis at the final at Wembley. Yeah. I'll oh. double check on it though. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I don't know. I got, got Gerard Moreno, I guess. I can talk to you. Hey, come on. on. Come on. These, these are Italian defenders. These, these are just born to defend these two. They just love it. You see them both <laughs> when they're at the end of the game when, when they just made a tackle or... <laughs> Come on! Yeah, they're, they're a different breed, mate. And you weigh these, these scene as soon as you went 2-1, shut up, shut game over. Can, can I give a special shout out to the absolute shit that we saw from Italy as well? What immobile? <laughs> was immobile? That was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> oh, we scored right. Let me get up. Let me get up. <laughs> oh, the finish, the finish from Barella though. But, but really that was some finish. But you see Insignia's goal. Yeah, you know, like Batman, mm. Robert, Robert used to cut in, and you knew as soon as Insignia cut in, I said it's a goal. He hadn't even gone anywhere near, like, towards the box to shoot. You just knew what was going to happen. I've seen it too many times the only, over the years. The only chance Spain have got is just drawing it out and going to penalties. That's the only thing, the way I can see them winning. Mm. You've got so little faith in Spain, man. <laughs> it's, it's a good team, mate. They're a good team. They're well drilled, and they've looked really good all through the tournament. It's not just like from they from the start. They've looked really good, and the record shows that they've what 18, 19 I, I hear, games. I hear Rodri, man. I hear Rodri. There's just levels to this. There's levels to this, and Italy are just that next level up. I reckon. So I'm with in terms of the result. I reckon Italy are going to beat them, but that's not to say that Spain are a bad team at the same time. I just think Italy got too much for him. Well, yeah, but without Spinazzola on that left-hand side, he's been a revelation for him. And is, is Emerson that good? That's no, but it's going back it's to what we're saying. It? It's about the drilling of the team. Sometimes you don't need to be a world-class player to perform. It's about that cohesion within the squad. And I'm talking from a perception of a Chelsea fan where I've seen it before, where sometimes in the team, not necessarily the best players are in there. But in terms of how the team is drilled and how it works within the system, they usually perform fine. I don't really see a difference in this situation either, to be honest with you. I'm not going to see too much of a difference. All right, fair enough. Let's talk about that Italy game then against Belgium. Um, Dubbed as the the match between the two favourites, Belgium with their golden generation for second (laughs) tournament running. And Italy... Did what Italy do best, I guess. (laughs) Call it smash and grab. Call it defending for their lives. Call it whatever you want to call it. Catenaccio 2021. But it was, (laughs) it it was, it was Italy. And I tell you what, I'm fucking pleased for him. I really am pleased for him because this, this is the first Italy side I can remember for God knows how many years that isn't full of big names, massive names, stellar superstar names. They didn't qualify for the last World Cup, for fuck's sake. And here they are on the cusp of, of, of winning the Euros. Steve, that Italy performance, mate, talk to me. Outstanding. Um, I think sometimes playing against elite opposition can bring the best out of you too. So whilst you probably show it courtesy and, and maybe you fear it a little bit, if you're a top team, that can also fire you up. And obviously, let the lads talk about Belgium by all means, because you've just asked me about Italy. But clearly, it was two teams going right at it. There was a little spell in the middle of the game. It was basketball, one end to the other. <laughs> um, elite players going bang at it, full of passion, full of talent, full of tactics. Two very good you know, head coaches now at the level. Um and two teams that could have, you know, could go on to have won the tournament, whoever got through the game, of course. So, you know, it makes Italy favourites just above England, I think. Um, but yeah, Italy absolutely, absolutely brilliant. And um, the art of defending, um, I thought Martin Keown was good in commentary, but when he called Cellini the grandfather of defending, I'm pretty sure he meant the godfather. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when he said it, I was like, "All right." He, he goes, "He goes, Kylini is the grandfather of defending." The grandfather. Yeah. They, they they had a male around because when Barella scored his goal, they were screaming Chiesa. I was thinking, yeah. what, the, "What the hell?" I was thinking, "What the hell is going on?" going on there today, but yeah, nah. Um, and I, yeah. I like it. I know Pogba scored uh, from distance, uh, and there's been a couple of others, but not many. Declan Rice had a shot tonight, but I've also I like the fact that Italy looked 
prepared to shoot from around the 18-yard box. There are other teams that try and an extra pass to wait for the perfect moment yeah. to pass it into the penalty area to square it for a tapping, and when it comes off, it's amazing. Uh, but Italy look like they've got the players and the temperament that want to get the job done um, early in any which way and shooting from distance or shooting from the side of the penalty area like the first goal as such uh, makes them even more potent in, in terms of what they can give as an attacking threat. So we know that they can defend. We talk about it all the time here, how well drilled they are, but they've got a real verve going forward and they're not prepared. They're not unprepared to shoot from distance. Mm. And D, you know when a manager makes several changes or he chops and changes, you always hear the same rhetoric. Oh, he doesn't know his best 11, but everything Mancini does is meticulous. It's calculated. If Locatelli is playing, if he's not playing, it's Barella. If it's not Jorginho, it's someone else. Yeah. Like, so Verratti is obviously going to be a first choice with Jorginho because of the, the roles that they play. But, yeah. you know, Barella came in, he scored. Locatelli played in the, in, against, um, who he scored twice against? Was it uh, Switzerland? Scored twice against Switzerland. Yeah, I'm sure it was the Switzerland game. Switzerland. So yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was Switzerland. Yeah. They, they can change players around. Yeah, they can change players around. They've got Beradia can come in. They've got Cristante. Obviously, Emerson's coming in yeah. for Spinazzola. Um, yeah. Bastoni. They've got. They've got players. They've got players. Bastoni's yeah. sick. Bastoni's a yeah. baller. They've they, they got baller. They've got players. Even I, I was screaming for Chiesa to start because I like Beradia. I've always liked him. Yeah. But Chiesa is just like. Every every minute he just at it. He's just he's just at it. And um as you nothing, said, nothing like his dad though. He doesn't have the energy <laughs> like his dad did. Like, his dad didn't have as much energy as his, his son there does. You but. Go. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, they just they, as you said, they could just plug people in, they're just at it. And um no Chiesa picked up where he left off after that, coming and getting the goal against Austria. And they just look good, they moved the ball well. Sometimes they want to pass and cut through you. Sometimes you just go wide and just kill you. It's just that they've got so many ways that they can hurt you. And he might even make changes again. There's murmurs that Belotti will start against Spain rather than Immobile. We'll see what they can do. But if they do, it's not really going to change their performance. Only if Emerson can have just half of it, the games that um, Spinozola's been having then I think, yeah, Italy will go through. But if they allow Spain to dictate their possession high up in their half, um, and Spain actually shoot, because as Steve's alluded to, Spain get around the 18-yard box and they could shoot. And as still said, they go to the wide men. <laughs> and then Alba, whoever, um, Aspilicueta getting forward, get to the byline, get, try and move it back in, and then they end up sometimes going back towards their own goal. But we'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good game. Mm. Now, on to Belgium. Rod. <laughs> Belgium equals bottlers. World's best, my ass. were your exact words. <laughs> now, they didn't have a great game, granted. Lukaku had the chance that was cleared off the line. Um, then there was a very, very soft penalty. Very soft penalty. But in terms of where Belgium go from here, mate, Azar didn't play. De Bruyne looked knackered. Lukaku was the only one really... We were stepping it up, really. Witzel had an okay game. Tillemans came off. That's it, isn't it? From they, they, right, they, they got, got they got the young kid who looked decent. Yeah, yeah. Doku was Doku was brilliant. Yeah, he looked decent. Yeah. Is that the the opportunity gone to win something with this generation? You think? Well, no, because you've got the World Cup next year. Mm. You fancy them um, for the World Cup? Well, next year. No. No, no, but you know they've got they've got with them players Hazard. So Hazard has a, has a full season, has a really good season. He's a world beater in himself. They've not really had that this season. They've got uh, the last sixteen. So with a fit Hazard, with, well, let's let's have it right. Kevin De Bruyne was not fit either. With a fit yeah, Kevin De Bruyne, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they've, 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 yeah, they've got a chance. They not you don't become world, you know, world number one. For being mugs, they've obviously got a chance, but they just, just don't think they've got the strength in depth. You know, we talked about Italy there, the, the, the team they've got in depth. We've talked about England, you know, Grealish forward and didn't get on today. So, yeah, it's tough, but they have they have got a chance to. They still haven't got a chance next year. World Cup. After yeah, that, you'd, you'd you'd say no, going to struggle. 
But Rod, when you look at the Italian defense, you've got Chiellini, who's like 76, you've got Bonucci, that's 78. <laughs> you know that what you're going to get from him. But you look at other viral, legs are going. Vertonghen, legs are going. Um, oh, Vermalen, what the fuck is he still doing, uh, being called up? And then you look at the subs, <laughs> Denea. Who they got left? Boyata? We'll bring him Boyata. in. I don't really well, this is what this is what we talk about levels. Yeah, it's just you get to a certain level, and this is what I'm saying about there's levels to it. And 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 yes, they're the world best, but you know they've not really won anything. So why you know we've seen these rankings of crap basically because they're not the world's best because they haven't won anything. They haven't won anything for years. So. Yeah, it's um, difficult, mate. It's difficult. So, like I say, when you get to these levels, like saying to the semi-final, Italy, Spain, there's different levels. England, Denmark, different levels. It's just, just... Do, do you know, and I then you get to England and Italy, and then you've got like these kind of Italy and England, and it'll be a chess match. Yeah. You know, who are they going to target? They're going to target Pickford. Corners. Free kicks. But it's got to get to that first. I'm fast-forwarding. Well, this is it because um, I completely forgot what I was going to say now. Oh, it's gone out of my head. Bollocks. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, Gooney, when you look at Belgium 2022, I know we're obviously going far ahead, but actually, no, I do remember what I was going to say. So a while back, when remember when De Boer lost his job at Crystal Palace? I can't remember who was telling us, or I think it might have been Saj. Saj, was, Saj Burton was telling us that in training, De Boer was taking free kicks and putting them in the top bins. And telling his players that's how you do it, right? Now, at the beginning of the tournament, I don't know if you guys saw hey, it. No, 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 let me stop you. If people, if, if people on the Belgian side are thinking about Thierry on your free kit, then right, right, but come on, come on, right, come on, come on. Right. that happens all the time. Yeah, but did you, done it in training. But did you, players <laughs> if I see Stes do that in training, oh no, but did you see De Bruyne's reaction though? You've seen my video of doing that anyway. No, yeah. So, you know, it happens all the time. Coaches do it. They'll do it and walk off. I used to play a bit me, you know. Oh, it happens all the time anyway, you fucking... Des will tell you. It happens all the time, that. Well, I don't know, because I saw Kevin De Bruyne's reaction. He was like, oh, he's cute. Hey, when I was coaching at you United, you see that every day to the kids. Every day. In, in, some, in some capacity. Not like free kick, but any demos or whatever. It happens, mate. It happens everywhere. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, but this, this is what I'm talking about when it comes to mentality. Yeah, when uh, it comes to mentality. These players like Lukaku are like, oh, my God. I'm thinking, for fuck's sake, like, all right, okay, he's done it. Well, you guys can't do it? Is that is that why you're behaving like this? Come no, on. that's just a bit of bit of brown nose, isn't it? It's Thierry Henry. Fair enough. Okay. Well, good. Is that it for Roberto Martinez then? <clears throat> because I thought his appointment was strange anyway, in all fairness. Um, uh, I, think, yeah, yeah. I, I think he's taken it as far as he can really go I don't really World Cup next year I don't really see Belgium winning it anyway um, They're not They've got the quality about them But it's just There's there's question marks Like it's, Hazard's fitness has, has come into a lot of question Certainly this season Will it continue up till next season Because we know how important he is to that team On his day he's absolutely unplayable You saw how he, you saw how he was um, In the last World Cup for him Even in some spells in this tournament You saw how important he was So losing him Is, is a problem Because it's like you were saying There's not much depth You know, If Hazard's off Who are you going to bring De Bruyne as well De Bruyne we know he's a top quality player He's going to be playing God knows how many games this this season as well. He's getting on in age and he's had injuries as well. Can they keep him fit or certainly fresh enough for this competition for him to perform? That's another question. If he doesn't do it, who do they have to bring on? So these are the questions. Is There's not really enough depth in that squad. And the squad, like you said, is aging. I didn't even know Vermaelen was still playing football. No disrespect. See what I'm saying? And then you've got Vertonghen. You've got... Um, Alderweireld, these guys are, you know, they're getting on and they've got injuries in their record as well. Well, this is it. You know, as you mentioned, Azard, Azard hasn't had a good season for what, two and a half years, three years? Yeah. Well, they're, the they're last, still last good still... season I'll say he had was, was with us when he left. What year was that? 2018? 
Yes, exactly. When he won the Europa. There you go, three seasons, three years, effectively. They're relying on NASA, Chad, uh, NASA Chadley to come off the bench. Carrasco to play for him. I mean, a come man on. Who went, a, a man who went from La Liga to, to the Chinese China. league instead of taking up the offers in the top clubs in Europe. It's the yep. mentality. You see what I'm saying? I'm not bashing the Chinese league, but I just put, I'm a firm believer that if you're in the prime of your career and you're really serious about your football, you're going to want to test yourself in the best leagues in the world. Going to China at the age that he did with the promise that he was certainly touted to have was a bit of a cop-out for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How are they world rank number one? I don't know where they get the, these rankings from. It's uh, Europe, uh, Nations League, it's uh, World Cup qualifying, it's mm-hmm. European Championship qualifying and the points accumulate because of the amount of goals scored and uh, goals conceded, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, look, they, got, they had, they had Benteke on the bench. They had Batshuayi on the bench. <laughs> ben- huh? Benteke was on the bench. Yeah, but he can't score goals in the Premier League. But this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Benteke was on the bench. Dries Mertens is 34 years old. was on the bench. Batshuayi. Batshuayi can't even get in Chelsea's reserves. Couldn't even get in Crystal Palace's first team. Because Benteke was keeping him out. <laughs> Come on, man. So this is what I'm saying. They'll always get to a certain level and they'll never get to, like, semi-finals or, you know, even Wales beat them in 2016. There's your best chance to get to a semi-final and you get beat off Wales. No, no, no. I was happy as Larry that we were beating, but <laughs> you, know, you, you shouldn't be getting beat off a team like Wales in the quarterfinal. They've obviously got players that no, can't perform <laughs> when they get to a certain levels. So is, is it a mentality then? Is it a mentality thing then? Because most of But the, the Bruyne has won the Premier League. Lukaku he can't won. do it on his own, mate. He's, half, he's on half a leg. His ligaments knacker by the looks of it. He's playing through injuries. Yeah. So he can't do it on his own. Lukaku, you know, he tried, but he can't do it on his own. He's got to get service and, and then you've got to have a, a base like Italy have got that you can rely on and all the teams that you've just... Just mentioned there. I mean, Cooney mentioned. <laughs> Change your ringtone. <laughs> phone's dying up. Um, so yeah, it's no, it's there's levels to it, and the, the, the defensively, they're just not great yeah. at all. The maxed out. I think the maxed out yeah. rod. Maxed yeah. out. When you look at England, they might go through this tournament and play seven games, and we're still waiting for them to actually play well. Let's have it right. They've done it tonight, in all fairness. But the, that just like just tells you straight away that the team, the squad, is full of potential. You know, Sancho, Grealish, Foden, like, Rashford. You know, like, these younger players. But Belgium and Mac, their best players are at the line. England's best players. There's, there's a load of them not even anywhere near the line yet. The potential is with England and Belgium. But like like Italy, England have got that base, they've got that security with Phillips and Rice, yeah. and now Maguire's looking solid Young. with Jones. Yeah. You know, the only one that looks dodgy is really is Pickford. Well, he's done everything has to be him at the moment, but well, he has, but he, you know, he missed the top missed totally missed the football today. And, you know, all you've got to do is side <laughs> it. You're right. Him. He's probably judging it only about what goes behind him into his net and you can't do any any more than what he's doing. That's also but, true. But Belgium, Belgium's age, the, the, the best players appear to be right on the line or just slightly past it. Not past careers, just past the line. And England have got eight, ten that have just like not even at the line yet. Uh, I think Belgium are maxed out, me. Yeah. Well, Belgium's combined age, the three central defenders, is 111. There you go. <laughs> you know, he won't do because of rest and rotation, but Kevin De Bruyne could have a 50-game season for City. We want him to. We want him to have a... If City go deep in the Champions League again and 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 the Premier League is tighter, Kevin De Bruyne could have 50, 55 games for Manchester City this yeah. year. He probably won't, but he could do. So then they're going into the next tournament on the back of that. Hazard, it'll have been another year, I'm sure, of, of what we've just seen in the last two years. Yeah. Belgium have not got enough things growing in the garden. They really haven't. When do you think Premier League clubs go back into pre-season or just to do some training? 
When do you think they return? About seven to ten. Probably about seven to well, ten league, days. League one. Of, do you mean? Do you mean the ones who are in the tournament still, or just the whole clubs? Just the whole clubs in general, because I know teams in in Europe have already started because they've got a I European think, qualifiers think, coming up. Well, League I One have done seven days in in England. Yeah. League One have just done a full week. So when do you think City are going to go back? Uh, am I right in saying the Premier League normally start? You've got the Charity Shield and all that. The August, Premier League yeah. normally starts a week later than than the um, than than the Leeds champ one and two. Yeah. Premier League will be back in ten days, won't they? They'll be back in ten days. Yeah, the ones so who are in the the ones who are yeah. in the tournament will have a will will have a bit of time. Yeah, of course. So, but I mean, De Bruyne is obviously on his jollies now. Surely he's got to be on holiday. There's no way he's gonna. Um, well, I'm sure he's looking after his diet and he'll be doing some form of exercise. Um, but surely he's on fairly shut down for three weeks now and then he'll pick it up. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, again, it'll be an interesting one because we obviously had COVID, didn't we? We had that situation and players were, were training in their homes and whatnot. But it wasn't obviously as intense as when they go back because they do conditioning, don't they? Strength and conditioning and they hit the weights and all that kind of stuff. And they do yeah. things the proper way, so to speak. Um, but I, I'm intrigued to see how a lot of these players are going to perform next season, especially with the amount of games and with the stop-start. And as you said, Steve, City went deep into the, the Champions League. You, obviously, there's a lot of players on South, uh, in South America as well because yeah. of the Copa America. We forget to mention that. Oh, you it's know? cost us have a letter another 12 years, uh, sorry, 12 years, another 12 months or 18 months on his career because... Mm. He was playing uh, all year, every year for, for 12 seasons. Now, that's made him the, the man, the warrior, the legend uh, that everybody loves in football, Zabaleta, but he never had a summer break. So I think what you gain at the start and the middle, you possibly lose at, at, at the end. And uh, just to flip it quickly, I, I see I see that with Belgium. I don't see anything ripe about them. There's nothing ripe. We all love De Bruyne. But even he's slightly at the line or just just nudged over the other side of the line. There's only Lukaku underneath the line. Um, Hazard has passed the line completely. De Bruyne is at the line. Whereas England have got 10 to 12 players who are, who are just like, basically just starting off. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Who, who, did, who did Belgium beat in their first game? They had, who did they have in their group? They had Denmark, Finland and... What did they have in their group? It's gone now. No one can remember. Is it was a tournament that long ago? Did it start that long ago? Like no one can remember who they had in their in their group. They played them. Russia. 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 Was it Russia? Russia. Russia. And they they absolutely obliterated Russia, didn't they? They they started on the front foot and they beat Denmark as well. They went a goal down, but they still second half all over them. Yeah. Yeah. And Finland pretty much the same thing, but then. Obviously, they 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 fell off in the in the knockout stage. So yeah, but we've had a lovely discussion, haven't we, gents? Over an hour. Um, anything else we need to add? Shall we talk about Jaden Sancho quickly joining United? Boo. All right, go on, boo boy. What's, what's your take on it? Apart from saying boo, can can Sancho play centre half? Can you play well, centre? Then <laughs> I'm still not scared here. No, I'm yeah. joking. Um, no, it's a great signing. I love the guy. He's one of my favourite players to watch that doesn't play for Liverpool. Always makes something happen. Technical ability, can finish, pass, cross the ball. And what, look, United's problem is not scoring goals anyway, but it just adds another dimension for their attacking play and it allows them to rotate more and um, will probably mean some deep um, cup runs as well. Um, so yeah, it's a um, it's a great signing. And obviously, he's repping South London, isn't it? So obviously, I've got. A... <laughs> by all by all accounts, you know, um, we need a centre half, and Liverpool might need a centre half as well because Van Dijk is not going well. I mean, not at all. Keeps breaking yeah, we, down. We, we've bought Canate, haven't we? The um, we've bought the young French defender Canate. Mm. You got the wrong Leipzig. defender from Leipzig, mate. Uh, they got the right one. Yeah. You think, you I think they probably got the right... Well, Pomacardo has... Well, I've watched him play. He's had as many bad games as good games, but he does some randomness whenever I watch him play. But, but Pomacardo is better when Karnat is playing next to him. It's not a coincidence. <laughs> and we're talking about the world's best centre-half as well. You know, he's by far the best before he got injured. And, you know, to lose him would be absolutely... It'd be massive because he's... 
by far the best centre half. Okay, Steve, any any mention of Jaden Sancho? Anything you want to say about him? No, just just in my eye line tonight. Uh, I thought his best snatch moments tonight were actually when he came over on the left hand side. Uh, the lad I watched the game with said he plays better on the left than the right. That kind of like swayed me. Um, so United are getting a great attacker that can play both sides and eventually, uh, like Greenwood, he'll be able to go through the middle. But um, you've got Greenwood, Rashford uh, and now Sancho. Um, who takes them slots? Because you don't see Fernandes coming out of the number 10 position. Uh, and if Cavani's going to play 70% of the games, he'll be, he'll be the nine. So yeah, they've they've just added another another player. Um, it didn't look like they needed strengthening in that area because you'd presume that when he does play, either Rashford or Greenwood won't play. Now you might say that's a good thing. I don't know, but I just thought tonight he looked better on the left than the right. The uh, the little minutes he came over for a change with Sterling. They might swap flanks. I don't know during the game. Yeah. Fine. Have to know. There you go. Yeah. Right, there you go. Goonie, want to add anything, mate? Um, has, any, has any football news interested you this week? Anything that's stood out? I'm, I'm, I'm just here just hoping every single day I wake up to the news that Chelsea have made a 150 million bid for early oh, Haaland. Haaland. That's all I care. <laughs> Listen, I know, it, I know it sounds like fantasy football out here, but yo, Roman, somebody at Chelsea, hear me out, man. We're crying out for this side. We just want the Champions League. Give the man what he wants. <laughs> Anything else after that? Like, like, yeah. that's it. There's going to be a lot of movement in there, you know. After this tournament, Kane, yeah. Grealish, are they going to go? Haaland, where are they going to go? But if, if if Chelsea get Haaland, oh man, uh, Chelsea get Haaland, man, I uh, I don't even know how I'm going to behave. But then if City, <laughs> but then if City get Kane or Grealish, mm-hmm. or both. I wouldn't, to oh. be honest with you. Oh, both. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve, Steve, I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this, Steve, since you're, since you're City man. If you sign Kane, even if you sign Grealish, if we sign Haaland, I don't care. I'm comfortable. I'm going to okay. be so confident. I'm so confident that we are yes. going to, we will compete for the league, possibly even win it with him up front. But it will be interesting to see because I want to see it happen. No, levels, levels, man. Remember, that's the key word. Levels, levels here. If City do that and Chelsea do that, both teams definitely elevate themselves up. Hmm. So, so you reckon that signing Holland would make Chelsea title contenders? For the meet, yeah. For the for yeah. definitely. Do you know what I would say? He's just be just him alone is not a long term thing. But like hmm. I think it's enough going forward for this season to certainly mount the challenge if we sign him because our our issue has been not putting away. Um, Chances, chances because in terms yeah. of chance creation we're actually number i think it's either first or second in the league in terms of that we just don't have a man that's confident enough to consistently put it in the back of the net so with a man like harland you can only imagine if you don't get for a run it will be interesting do, do you know will. what i don't fucking rate him I really don't rate him. Do you remember had, him against City? Horrible, I like him, but he's had a horrible, he's had a horrible season. Uh, t- he has a bad tournament. This, this, this has been easily his worst season at club level, and he's yeah. But you know what? You know what Gunny said about um, Upa Makano and um, uh, what's his name? The other fellow, I forget his name. Konate, right? It's the same with Varane and uh, Ramos. Ramos. That's Ramos. Yeah. Varane is just pff, forget it. No, no, whatever. It is what it is. You know. <laughs> right, that's it for another episode, gents. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, Guni, socials. Socials, Man Knows Football, spelt here at the bottom left of my screen. Um, that will be my Instagram. Um, drop the S for the Twitter. Same again with the uh, with the YouTube channel, Man Knows Football. Like, share, subscribe. We actually passed our 300, so we got our stats yes. in the end. Yes. Well done. We have qualified, so thank you very much to everybody who is supporting. Excellent. Big, D. Big, big, big. Um, also, yeah, written in the bottom left, um, double D, D-U-B-U-L-D-W-E on all social platforms. And obviously I'm part, as still said at the beginning of this pod, I'm of the D&D Football Factory. That's at DD Footy Factory underscore on all the socials as well and we go live on a Saturday morning at 10am on, on Top FM 
best to download the tuning tune in app, app please that. yeah because <laughs> again all simple any, radio. Any, all simple radio. <laughs> if you're not if you're not in south london then you've got no chance to listen to it on top of on top of him i swear so, um big nasty <laughs> and them man used to be on there back in the day yeah they did yeah Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our, man, our manager is Nasty's tour DJ. Yeah, I remember on top yeah. of it. Listen, I'm, I'm a grime head from way, way back. Way so back. I know Roof, all these Roof, things. Rooftop, rooftop days. Yeah, rooftop sessions <laughs> all that. Trust me, dog. Yeah, yeah. So, where? This is yeah. a conversation that you two need to have. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, sorry, I'm being You're talking about time now. <laughs> we've, only, we've only been doing this for like an hour, and then you guys take half an hour talking about fucking On Top FM, who don't even pay me for mentioning them. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're wasting my time, wasting Rodri's time, wasting Steve's time. You know? Shame on you. You're still a check. You're still a check on top oh, of him. Oh, wow. Forget it. Got more chance oh. finding shit under a rocking horse. Rod, what's, <laughs> what's your socials? Rod James Giggs. Thank hashtag, you very much. Hashtag it's not coming home. <laughs> <laughs> Energy. Oh, Steve, do you, do you want to add anything to, to what no. Rodri says? No. <laughs> No, but thanks for having me, Stel, and see you uh, if we if we connect again in uh, at the semi-final time, and I look forward to it if we do. Lovely, jubbly. <laughs> so until next, no, until next time.